Welcome to Staying in the Black, a show about teachers and money. I'm Miss Black, a New York City educator, single mom, and personal finance translator. Join me as I build my runway to retirement. Each week, we'll share actionable steps, resources, and inspiration that educators can use to maximize their benefits and improve their personal finances. Staying in the Black means having more assets than liabilities and being able to pay off your debt without any problems. Stop living paycheck to paycheck and build a joyful life. Thank you for joining me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Staying in the Black. I'm Miss Black, your host, and today we are going to talk about money and mental health. So May is Mental Health Month and we know that money definitely factors into the way that you feel um, sometimes. Sometimes we use, uh, we say we, we need some retail therapy and, you know, money is rarely about the money. It's generally about behaviors and your behaviors impact your mental health and your, you know, your actions. So I never really thought about it in this way before, but because it was mental health month, I was like, let me, you know, do some research around money and mental health. And I found out some really interesting statistics that um, I want to share. And Initially, it was coming up because of like COVID. We're now coming out of COVID. You know, officially the COVID restrictions or the World Health Organization, as well as the president has said that the pandemic is over. Um, and now we're just dealing with COVID as we would any other uh, disease, almost like the flu at this point. All that to say, you know, when the COVID was happening, when COVID was the pandemic, when we were in the middle of it, we, there was a lot of discussion about mental health. And I would say probably over the last five years, even in, in looking at gun violence, mental health has been really um, at the forefront and it impacts every part of our life, even our financial part of our life. So here's the statistics around money and mental health. So the American Psychological Association survey in March of 22, 72 Americans report stressing about money at least sometime in the prior month. Research has shown that finances is the number one cause of stress According to FINRA, the mental health impacts of money aren't equitably experienced. Anxiety around personal finances disproportionately impacts um, women and people from under-resourced or low-income communities, as well as communities of color. In fact, 65% of women feel anxious about their personal finance compared to 54% of men, which is still more than 50% of men being stressed with 65% of women feeling stressed about it. 46% of people with debt also have a mental 
diagnosis. And so just your ability to handle your finances um, can be impacted if you have some type of mental health um, disease or challenge. 86% of people with mental health issues um, and debt say that their debt makes their mental, mental health issues worse. So if you already have depression and then you're worried about your finances on top of that, that can cause you to go further into your, your depression. And here we go. Those living with depression and and debt are four times more likely to still have debt in 18 months compared to their counterparts without debt. Those with debt are three times more likely to contemplate suicide due to that debt because it seems so overwhelming. 72% of Americans report stressing about money. Financial stress is the number one stressor in the U.S. And women, young adults, and those who are income um, and those who are unmarried or unemployed are the most financially anxious. So that's a lot of data and statistics saying that money definitely impacts our 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 mental health and we need to be aware of it. And we often joke about it saying like, oh, I need some retail therapy to go, you know, by going shopping to make myself feel better. But what we find is that it is causing us more stress. So it might be a a real quick high, but then after that, we go to a really bad low after doing that so-called retail therapy. And the report also broke it down to triggers like like things that financial triggers that cause negative thoughts. And so some of them are looking at your bank account, paying a bill. Uh, so looking at your bank, 49% of participants said that looking at their bank account triggered negative feelings. Um, 41% said paying a bill. 34% said making a purchase triggers negative feelings. 32% said just having a money discussion causes those negative feelings. Getting paid for 21% of people. Uh, Looking at their investment accounts, that's 16% of people. And looking at social media, 11% of people says they trigger negative thoughts for themselves. So take a moment and reflect, do any of those things, you know, trigger negative thoughts for you financially, looking at your bank account, paying a bill, making a purchase, having a discussion about money, getting paid. That one kind of was like really getting paid. But I guess if you're getting paid and the money is already spent when they say like there is um, more weak Um, then my paycheck is something that could be stressful because you kind of think like most people like, yes, my, you know, funds hit my account. But for some people, it's just a reminder that there's not enough, uh, there. And these things matter no matter what your income is, because 
you know, they said the average American could not afford a $400 emergency. And when it's average American, that's including everyone. So even people who make six figures or the mid six figures, if you are stretched so thin and you are robbing Peter to pay Paul, all of these things can apply to you. So please don't think, oh, well, because I make this much money, I don't have to worry about that. If you're not managing your money well, your income doesn't matter. As they said, like if you can't take care of $5, how are you going to take care of $500? So these are all triggers that we all can fall victim to no matter what our income is. So this is a lot of negative numbers and statistics as to how money um, impacts our negative, well, impacts our, our mental health. I just want, you know, because I'm telling you what it is, but I also want to think about like, have you take actions or think about or th- think about how you can overcome sort of these things. So you should ask yourself some questions to recognize your spending pattern. Now, I mentioned the Mint app before because it does have this, and I don't get any affiliate, um, I don't get any affiliate marketing from them, but they do have a part in the app where they ask you, did making these purchases, how did it make you feel, right? So when you're looking at, your budget or your spending plan, really look at those purchases and go back through them. So you, if you don't, you know, if you're like, I'm working on budget and haven't gotten it, or I'm working on a spending plan and haven't got it done, you can just print out your credit card uh, statements or your banking statements and go through the charge and ask yourself, how do you feel about these charges? Like go line by line. Does that uh, fast food order, those shoes, purse, uh, that deposit into your investment account or your child's 529 account, how does it make you feel? And you can just use a small key, like a happy face for you feel good about it, a straight face as like, you don't need to feel good or bad about it. It just is. Or a sad face like you know, I don't want to be spending money in this category. It doesn't bring me joy. Think about, so it's how do you feel when you make a purchase? What are the feelings you experience when you need to make a big purchase? This one is can be stressful for me. Um, day-to-day purchases don't really bother me. But if it's a large purchase that I don't normally make, I know that I can be frustrated. I can be anxious about it. Rarely am I excited about a big purchase. (laughs) Um, And that's just me. Some people like it thrills them. Like when it's time for me to buy a car, I'm just like, oh my God, is this the right choice? And like, it should be relieving because I only buy a car because I absolutely need one. But then I'm thinking about like, oh, this money, I could have used it this way, that way, or whatever. And I mean, a big purchase for me goes from like tires. Last or two years ago, I had to buy a refrigerator, a tire, and I think in a dishwasher, 
all within a matter of weeks. And it was just driving me crazy. So how do you feel about that? Think about that. What are the moments in time where you're more likely to spend money? So is retail one of your, you know, retail therapy, one of the ways to make yourself feel good? Um, I don't really think about it in the point of spending money, but like eating, I really had to switch to not eating to celebrate because I'm like packing on the pounds. So it doesn't, you know, your emotions don't just impact you financially, but that's what the show is about. So when are you most likely to spend money? When are the, when are you most likely to spend less money, right? So, or less likely to spend money. Let me, you know, word that correctly. So what are the moments where you're less likely to spend money? How comfortable do you feel talking about money? Like talking to me, talking to about money is like talking about the weather for me. And I recognize that everybody doesn't feel that way, but I love learning about how people spend their money, allocate their money, um, the choices that they make. So honestly, talking about money brings me joy, but it might not bring uh, you joy and that's fine. Um, How often do you check your bank account and how does it make you feel? Um, What aspects of coping with money and mental health makes things worse. So do those things trigger you that I spoke about earlier, looking at your bank account, paying your bill, making a purchase, discussing money, getting paid, looking at your investment accounts, or looking at social media. And you may be like looking at social media, that whole FOMO thing is really real. So FOMO, fear of missing out. So you're going through your feed, whether it's IG, Snapchat, Facebook, LinkedIn even somewhat now and you just see some of the milestones that your peers are making is that depressing you or making you feel less than or competitive all those things so you have to really sit down and reflect on those questions so then you know how to possibly alter how you engage and how you you know, you think about those activities. If paying a bill brings you anxiety, it may be automated. So it just happens automatically and you don't even have to to see it or think about it. It just happens. And so the paying of the bill is automatic. You're no longer stressed about it. Um, Checking your bank accounts. If that's bringing you stress, maybe there's a way that you can space it out so that you're not checking it as frequently as you currently are and therefore making it less likely to trigger you. So once you ask yourself those questions, you can create a plan. So to reduce the impact of financial stress on your mental health, you really want to think about what can I put in place? So I've given you a couple of tips to kind of avoid some of those things. And I don't necessarily, I'm not a mental uh, health therapist. So avoiding may not necessarily be the best way to do it. But in some cases, such as automating, as long as the bill gets paid, you don't necessarily have to look at it um, every single time <laughs> and write out a check or put it in your bill pay. If it's a, you know, a balance bill sort of cycle, you can put it on automatic. And yes, I'm a 
uh, a financial person recommended that understanding that, you know, you want to know how much you're paying in your bills. But if it's causing you a lot of anxiety, you have to choose the less of lesser of two evils until you can get over that. So once you've identified, you know, how you feel and you've reflected on it, let's talk about eight tips to reduce financial stress on your mental health. So make one decision at a time. So once you reflect on it, tackle the easiest thing first. You don't have to do everything all at one time. So just make one financial decision, which could be I'm going to automate my bill pay, right? You can do that one for that first week or just the month. If that's helpful to you, don't feel like you have to do it all at one time. It's not an all or nothing thing. Create a budget or a spending plan. And I did an episode on the differences between a budget and a spending plan because I was very transparent in that episode that budgeting stresses me out. And a spending plan was the way for me to go because when I was budgeting, I felt like a failure because if I went over or I went under, I, yeah, it just, it just didn't make me feel good about myself. So I had to switch to a spending plan and the difference between a budget and a spending plan is, you know, in a budget, you set the categories, you try to stay within those categories and a spending plan, you automate your spend, you, you automate the majority of you, well, you automate all of your essential items, your needs, and then what's left over, you can spend however you choose. And so that worked better for me. I stopped feeling like a major failure. And, but having that plan and knowing what I wanted to do was really, really helpful. But once you know, like, what your essentials are, or you've allotted money to go wherever you want it to go, uh, it eliminates a lot of stress. So if you want to listen to the budget versus spending plan episode, that is episode 108. And I go into details about that. But knowing where your money is going is really helpful so that you don't overspend and you're able to take care of your necessities. Once you create that budgeting or that budget or spending plan, you want to monitor your spending. Uh, The negative or one of the cons to a spending plan is sometimes you don't realize like where your money is going until later. And then there's something that you want to purchase or that, you know, you, you didn't think about and you may or may not have um, enough money to cover it at that time. But what you are assured with a spending plan is that your necessities are covered. So generally with a spending plan, if you don't have something, enough money for something, it's a, it's a want. It is not a necessity. So I don't want you to think like, 
oh, that spending plan was sounding good to me, but now you're saying I won't have something, enough money for something. Yeah, that something will be a want. It will not be a need because in a spending plan, you make sure that you take care of all of your needs. Then four, pinpoint your financial stressors. When do you get overwhelmed? Is there a certain bill that causes you to do it? Is it because the time that the bill comes in? Once you're able to pinpoint it, you're able to address what the stressor is. And then five is recognize the emotions you feel related to money. Again, does it make you happy? Does it make you sad? Is it either or? If you want to get more detailed into it, you can. I just think the happy, straight, or sad face um, for me was enough for the categories. But if you want to, you know, does it bring you joy? Does it bring you satisfaction? Uh, does it make you sad? Or does are you agnostic, you know, agnostic about it? Whatever. Choose what it was. But once you identify what it is, then you're better able to address it. Then six, implement healthy coping mechanisms for your mental. Um, and like, okay, if you are triggered or if it, something makes you feel bad, come up with a plan ahead of time. What will you do to address the emotions that rise because you've been triggered? And then... Seven, seek the support of a coach. So just like you may have a coach for an executive coach for your um, your position or a coach because you play a sport, you can get a financial coach as well. Um, and some executive coaches may, you know, help support you in that, in your finances um, as well. And that doesn't mean like the technicalities, like, telling you what stock to buy or not, but really sitting down and working with you and, and helping you set um, goals and supporting you and reaching and uh, reaching those goals. And number eight, which I think is the most important one, if you have been diagnosed or you feel that you may have a mental health issue, seek professional help. There is nothing wrong with that. Um, the Affordable Care Act made it so that all health insurance had to provide coverage for mental health. So check with your uh, health insurance, maybe your primary care provider. They may be able to recommend someone. You also have a lot of different resources on the uh, Internet to get therapy. And because of the pandemic, you, you don't even have to go into the office nowadays. You can do it on Zoom or Teams or Facebook. Uh, well, I wouldn't do it on Facebook Live, but I meant, I meant to say um, FaceTime on Apple, not Facebook, but on FaceTime on app on your um, iPhone. I don't know what the Android equivalent is. I don't know if it's uh, Google Meets, but today you have so many more options to meet with a certified therapist to help your mental health issues, I totally think that you you should um, because, you know, sometimes we try to do it ourselves by Googling WebMD or listen to a podcast. If that helps you, fine. But if you 
have been diagnosed or you feel like it's more than something that a coach can handle, I totally encourage you to seek out professional help. And if you have health care insurance, as most educators do, your regular health care insurance should cover and you just pay your um, regular medical deductible. So let's go over these eight tips. Again, make only one decision at a time. Create a budget or a spending plan. If you want to know about the difference, listen to episode 108. Monitor your spending. Pinpoint your financial stressors. Recognize the emotion you feel related to money. Implement healthy coping mechanisms for your mental fitness plan. Seek the support of a coach or talk to a trained mental health professional. So next week, there's going to be a part two to this mental health episode, and we're going to talk about overspending. So this was just general in mental health that issues that come up because of money, but next week we're going to talk about overspending. Now, if you ask me the highest leverage action step that you could take to start addressing your mental health when it comes to finances, I would say it would be looking over your if you don't have your budget or your credit card statement or your bank statement and really doing an emotional audit of that spending and say smiley face is this brought you joy or made you happy? A straight face was just like, didn't bring me joy, but it didn't depress me either or make me sad. And a sad face is saying, this purchase does not make me feel good. Now, feel free to put your bills as it doesn't make you feel good if it, if it doesn't. But I even put a smiley face because I'm happy that I have enough money to pay those bills. But I'm not dictating to you how you do it, but really just put those, you know, those faces on there and really review, go through the questions and see like, is money causing you stress? And you might say, I don't need to do that exercise to figure that out, but really go through it because you may be able to change it. Some of those sad faces, were they optional purchases? Were they impulse purchases? There's a lot that goes in there. So the highest leverage step would be to do an emotional audit of your spending. And if the last month is too much, just try to do the last week. But definitely sit down and do it. I look forward to speaking to you next week for part two of money and mental health. Remember, staying the black. I look forward to speaking to you next week. Thank you for joining us this week at Staying in the Black. Subscribe to make sure you never miss a show and visit our website at stayingintheblk.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at stayingintheblk. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave a review in iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week when...